It's Senior Bowl week. We're going to Primer, give you all the insight into the top players to look for as practices began Tuesday in Mobile, Alabama. It is a really good group and some good quarterbacks on display as well. And the Philadelphia Eagles, Atlanta Falcons starting to figure out their coordinator situation, some top coordinator hires around the NFL, and a whole lot more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Big ups to the everydayers out there. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your best bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right. We, we're seeing weigh-ins in Mobile, Alabama. Draft. Yeah, how about it? Hey, draft season starts in Mobile, right? That's the tagline. And uh, seeing some some nice reps, some uh, some one-on-ones. And, and so it gets me excited. I, I love off-season football just as much as uh, regular season football. Of course, we've got that extra week. Too, too long of a gap between the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love that it's filled with the Senior Bowl. So we'll get into that stuff a little bit later, talk about some of the top prospects to watch this week in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, but some coordinator hires happening around the league. Let's start in Atlanta. Raheem Morris, the new head coach in Atlanta, he's bringing one of his guys from Los Angeles, and it was Zach Robinson, quarterback's coach under Sean McVay. He is going to be Raheem Morris's new offensive coordinator. We got two now. Former Pro football focus and, yeah. and graders that are now offensive coordinators in the NFL. Bobby Slovak, I think he's still up for one of these head coaching jobs, though he may be a head coach as well. So uh, congratulations, Zach Robinson, heading over with Raheem Morris. And look, man, this is an annual event. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, coach teams, they, they're just getting poached left and right. Like, you better be good at evaluating, developing other coaches because – they lose somebody from those front offices, from those coaching staffs every single year. It's pretty unbelievable. It really is. And it, credit to those teams, obviously, for pumping out worthy candidates and that system and young head coaches have had a lot of success in McVay and Shanahan, et cetera, et cetera. But it's got to be awful hard. I mean, to have your staff have steal your best guys year after year after year. I mean, it's got to be really tough on those teams, but they've been successful. I did a lot of homework on Robinson, and and I always hate commenting about assistant coaches because you really don't know what they did during the week and how influential they were and all those things. But he happened to be the first guy the Steelers interviewed, and so I dug into him pretty heavy. And Oklahoma State quarterback, that I mean, the typical profile where wasn't quite good enough to make it in the league, but a good college guy, great head on his shoulders, worker, leader, captain, all those things. And I love the pro football focus stint. You know, I think, hey, if you can – have some understanding of analytics and all that. I mean, that's tremendous to just to have that knowledge. And I thought he was a really worthy candidate. I mean, I love the Raheem Morris signing, you know, hiring for the or the Falcons, you know, from the Rams. And obviously they 
schemed against each other and did battle in camp and things like that and must have a lot of respect for him. So good for Robinson. I think it's a good hire. Uh, and, and you don't get Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan. We saw that for two decades with Bill Belichick disciples and so many guys left that building. Right. And I didn't quite have the success Bill Belichick had because, you know, he was so good at identifying, developing his staff and he was still in charge of it all. And, and you know, uh, and helped develop a lot of good coaches and front office people. There's some of them still around the league doing some things, but um, it's not that easy to get that magic from another organization. But mm-hmm. it's also pretty telling in a lot of these situations. In, in fact, the Philadelphia one that we're going to get to next is, I think, fascinating because it's no surprise. When a head coach, when a, when a guy leaves one organization to be head coach somewhere else, He's taking people with him that he trusts that he knows, right? Right, And DMs, when they get hired, he's going to hire a coach that he trusts and he knows. It's rare that you just go out and interview everybody and say, I don't know, let's find some guy we've never worked with before. And that's kind of what's happened in Philadelphia is that they lost both of their coordinators. We thought that might be a problem. And then halfway through the season, maybe it's not that big of a problem. They lost both offensive and defensive coordinators. And then you realize as the season goes along and, and they started to sputter and then just, you know, ousted quickly out of the playoffs it was a big problem and they ended up firing both guys and and looking for new uh coaches and they went with some some big name big profile coaches to fill those dc oc vacancies it's vic fangio long time one of the most respected defensive coordinators in the nfl coming in to be the defensive coordinator now in philadelphia and he'll be the head coach of the defense sirianni had that press conference talking about oh maybe i'll be more in the uh in the defensive meeting rooms and uh I don't think that'll be the case with Vic Fangio. Like he might be in there, but Vic, Vic Fangio is not going to wait around and be like, oh, hold on, let's wait for Nick to get here before we start our meeting. You know, I don't think that's the way it's necessarily going to go. Nick Sirianni probably wants it that way. He's like, look, I can trust that this will be coordinated well. My defense is taken care of now with Vic Fangio. And then on the offensive side of the ball now, they're going with Kellen Moore to be the new offensive coordinator in Philadelphia. Yeah. And I think coordinator changes were needed. You know, we just talked about getting poached. The Eagles got poached a year ago in a big way on both sides of the ball, and both those guys look like they might be probably going to be successful head coaches. And then you just go get Fangio, as you mentioned, and just lock that side down, Vic. I mean, it's all yours. You know, let me do uh, head coach stuff as opposed to scheme stuff, I would imagine. And obviously the Eagles got old a little bit, and back seven, you know, wasn't talented, frank, frankly, and – you have to have some questions about is Hertz the player we thought he was? I'm not saying he's bad, but was he the player we thought he was? So there's a lot of uncertainty around what was been a very stable organization. I always I say this all the time, and it's not a cop out. I don't love talking about assistant coaches, but I'll be honest, I don't quite see all the buzz about Kellen Moore the last couple of years. You know, this is one of the brightest young minds in the league, and blah blah. I mean, like he seems fine, but well, he's he gotten didn't. he's gotten fired twice. He's gotten fired twice in the last two years. And, you know, I mean, I, 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 I'm sorry to, I just got late breaking news here on my Steelers. They are, is on fire. They're hiring Arthur Smith. We got breaking news. Okay. Yeah. And my phone just blew up. Steeler offense coordinator has just been hired. Arthur Smith from the Falcons. Oh, wow. Pittsburgh. Yeah. How about that? Brand name guy. Wow, Arthur Smith. Okay. Uh, I knew they were talking. I did some new homework on them and, you know, but uh, I I don't know that I'm blown away with Kellen Moore, but they, I mean, him being in Dallas so long, at least they know him extremely well. And 
people seem to love him. Maybe he's a great that has great propaganda, great, you know, marketing department. Maybe he just, you know, <laughs> nobody could succeed with the Chargers last year. I don't know. So don't draft any Pittsburgh Steelers in your fantasy leagues. Is that what I'm learning here about Arthur? <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers? Talk, yeah, let's, let's talk through this one a little bit. So there's that. I mean, I was really impressed with Arthur Smith as the Titans offensive coordinator. You know, I mean, Henry revitalized Tannehill, a lot of after the catch, a ton of play action, physical. And I think he was over his head as a head coach. And I don't love how he used Bijan and Pitts in London for sure. And fantasy folks are not going to like this hire, you know, initially. But I think Tomlin kind of overrides that. I mean, I know there's been a two-headed backfield here, but, I mean, Lev Bell got all the carries and, you know, I mean, that type of thing. But what I like about it is he is very innovative with his usage of personnel and formations, which the Steelers were not. The Steelers have been at the bottom of the league, like 30th, 31, or 32, in the use of play action for like five years in a row, which makes my head hurt. And they'll be at the top now. So – Big physical back with Najee being the Derrick Henry, trying to revitalize a career. I have no problem with it, but I've I've been talking about this guy on the air locally quite a bit. I think you have to throw this out when you talk about Arthur Smith. His dad founded FedEx. You know, not like was a big hitter at FedEx. He created the company. This is like Logan Roy's kid. Like he grew up a billionaire. I don't know if that's good or bad for the co- coaching community, but it's just noteworthy. I, I think in a lot of ways it's good because coaching is a grind. He could work yeah, yeah. He could work a tenth of the hours and get paid as much or more, probably. So he must really love it if he's gonna do That's the 16 hour a day uh yeah. workout. I, I mean he could not get paid and doesn't matter, you know, <laughs> like right. he's gonna earn billions, I assume, you know. Senior bowl time, senior bowl primer. Who are the prospects to watch in Mobile, Alabama next? Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Happy Super Bowl, everybody, by the way, to all who celebrate. Super Bowl coming up very quickly. Tons to break down on that one. And FanDuel, of course, will have you covered in just about every way one game can be covered. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with the W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, Niners open with a one and a half point uh, favorite in those odds, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored. Uh, you're We're talking uh, about uh, the game, food, commercials, I mean, all of it. Uh, you can bet on at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And right now, new customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, let's talk senior bowl here. We've got uh, tons of great prospects. I'm seeing some one-on-ones already here as we record this on Tuesday morning. Uh, and uh, should be a lot of fun. Senior Bowl week, official weigh-ins are in as well. Let's start with the group that's going to get the most press here, and that is the quarterbacks. And we saw Michael Penix Jr. in the tournament. Bo Nix, I feel like, has been on the NFL radar for a decade now. He has finally reached his draft season. 
in the 2024 NFL Draft, now an Oregon quarterback. Let's start with Bo Nix here, 6'2", 213-pound quarterback, um, Auburn, then Oregon. How does he look to you as an NFL prospect, man? Yeah, and you know the draft for me starts with Senior Bowl, too, and I'm going to go start watching those one-on-ones as soon as we hang up here, to be honest with you. I'll be watching all the, the coverage I can and, you know, um, so my evaluations on these guys are far from complete, but I know that, you know, he's had three different systems. I mean, two at Oregon, one at Auburn His stuff early in his career did not go well at all at Auburn. And he, he became a very efficient player. And I think him and Penix are in the hunt right now to get in that mid first round quarterback four, maybe, you know, Levis at the top of round two neighborhood, you know, like, would the Steelers take one of these guys at 20 or, you know, if they, do they shine enough that maybe the Raiders would take them if the top three are off the board? You know, I think that's the neighborhood we're talking with these guys, but efficiency comes to mind and leadership with Knicks more than anything. I really like the track record of quarterbacks who've played a lot of football getting yeah. drafted in the NFL, and he certainly has that. The, I mean, these super seniors, and Penix is, is another guy. You're not going to get a you're not going to get a quarterback that's not been through seasons, off seasons, been a leader, you know, had highs and and had lows, and mm. just gone through the process of being a, a big time quarterback at a big time program, and knowing what that pressure is like, knowing what the ups and downs are like, and leading a team through that. So I heard an interview with Jim Nagy, who's in charge of the Senior Bowl, and said, you know, the, the college landscape has changed so mm -hmm. drastically in the last couple of years. But all these transfers, he's getting feedback from the league that scouts like it. You know, Penix started at, at, at Indiana. Uh, Nick started at Auburn. And, and the reasoning is there's just a lot more people you can talk to to get feedback on the young man. Or, boy, he, you know, a lot. You always used to look like, oh, he transferred. He's a wuss. He didn't want to compete for a spot. Now the whole world's transferring. It's not looked that way. It's boy, he took on a new challenge and you know changed himself around it. So I do think some of some of that is changing the world of, of you know scouting. Yeah, and there's you know it's just like anything else that you're scouting. Is it's like okay, why did this happen? Why did this prospect do this? Why is he this? Why is he that? And you look into why the transfer happened. Is it a guy that you know couldn't beat out a, a quarterback, so just went somewhere mm -hmm. and tried to play? Uh, and that could be looked at as a positive too, because he just wants to compete, wants to be able to play. Um, but if you can't hang, is that different than if you uh, just wanted a new challenge and you improved yourself, and all of a sudden you elevated a new right. program, and maybe it wasn't the right fit for you offensively? And you know, there's a ton of different reasons and um, and things that can happen when a quarterback transfers. But ultimately, it comes down to the person and and what you're getting in sort of a, a human being and a leader, especially at the quarterback position. So um, fascinating with Bo Nix to see how that's viewed and see how he ends up because he was looked at as a you know big time first round quarterback. I mean, we're talking four years ago, right? And oh so, yeah. Uh, now he's probably not going to be that first round quarterback. By the way, just the official weigh in numbers here: six one and seven eighths, two eighteen for Bo Nix. Okay, yeah, it's sturdy, strong guy. You know, from what I understand, yeah. Solid, right, you know, right around that, right around that prototype. Um, how about how about Penix? I mean, uh, he's going to be all over the place. I have to imagine. Funky release, 
again, another guy who's been in college forever. Obviously, tons of success for Michael Penix. And then there's some injury stuff as well. And it's like, okay, you like the you like the the veteran leadership of a of a quarterback who's seen a lot, thrown a lot of passes, played a lot of seasons in college football, but you start to get, you know, you start to get pretty old and and injured and then it's like, okay, well what exactly are we getting in a in a quarterback prospect because you want a you want a guy to be good enough, if you're going to draft him in the first round, you want a guy to be good enough to have come out much earlier than guys like Knicks and Penix. Yeah, and, and you know, he has multiple knee injuries which could be brutal for his, you know, but once the doctors really get into it, I mean, if he falls, that's going to be a huge portion of it. He's not a real run around guy. I mean, he's a, not a great athlete for the position. He's suited a little more for 1985 in the Bledsoe mold. And I compared him to Philip Rivers when I watched him, but he is a great deep passer with a big arm. I think he's going to wow people at the senior bowl. Tough as can be. will stand there in the pocket. Uh, he needs to kind of get some good momentum going because he had such great momentum. And then the national title game was definitely his worst game. And he and his teammates looked overmatched against a greatly coached Michigan defense. And so the senior bowl is a great environment for him though, because no pass rush, just out there throwing darts, you know, you know, being a leader and being charismatic. So I think this will be really good for him. It's a pretty good group of quarterbacks overall. Absolutely. Six, two and a half, 212 pounds. The official weigh-in numbers at the senior bowl for Michael Penix, uh, 10 and three eighths inch monster hands too. Mm. Scouts like that. Scouts like oh, yeah. quarterbacks. And uh, Joe Milton, 6'5", 235, and also 10 3 inch hands. So, uh, the so I urge people to check this out. Somewhere on YouTube is Joe Milton throwing a football 97 yards. <laughs> 97. Yeah, and I'm like, is this a circus? I mean, is this a trick photography? Maybe it is. I wonder, you can fool me pretty easily. But I did listen to that interview with Jim Nagy, and he said, this will be probably the biggest arm quarterback to enter the NFL since Jamarcus Russell. I thought he was going to say Josh Allen. He was Jamarcus Russell. Wow. Joe Milton, Tennessee Joe quarterback, 6'5", 245. There's a lot of people really excited uh, for his season at Tennessee this past year. Uh, Spencer Rattler, Working another in progress. Yeah, Spencer no, Rattler, yeah. Like, uh, you know, yeah. Future mock drafts that had Spencer Rattler as the number one pick in the NFL draft mm-hmm. at some point. And another transfer guy ended up at South Carolina now um and uh michael pratt what are your thoughts on the the rest of this quarterback group here really interesting group you know i I think you would be pretty excited to take a a flyer in the third round and i need again i need more work on them but he changed the the program around in two lane rattler sounds like he's grown up a lot you know and this past year he had very little blocking for him and he kind of had to carry the team so I think all these guys are intriguing. I mean, usually you go watch the, the Senior Bowl and there's like two throwaway quarterbacks that I don't even really care about. You know what I mean? I mean, no right. offense to Tyler Badgent, but he was that guy last year. Like, eh. Yeah, really good group. Uh, Carter Bradley, Sam Hartman, and uh, Spencer Rattler, by the way, just got over that six-foot mark. And everyone comes in. This is what happens. Mm. Go look at whatever the whatever the uh, the listed height weight is for an NFL prospect. They're going to be an inch and a half shorter, and they're going to be about 10 pounds heavier. That's that's just what it's going to be for all these yeah. guys. Because one of the things they control, and they're going to get put weight on if they need to, one of the things they can't control, and they're not going to get any taller, and, and there's probably someone 5'11", 
fudging the numbers a little bit. Six feet and one-eighth of an inch. So just over the six-foot mark for Spencer Rattler, 219 pounds, big-armed guy. But, um, yeah, all these guys just a hair shorter than, than what they were listed. That's the usual. And right before we hit record, I hit the – you can go to the Senior Bowl official website, and they have the official weigh-in. So go check that out if you want, folks. That's free, and you can – I haven't looked at them yet. But part of my project for this afternoon. Next, uh, the top prospects, non-quarterback back variety. There's some good uh, good trench players in this yeah, one. Off with the defensive linemen, some corners, some receivers. So the, the, the names to watch in Mobile, and then later on in the week after the game happens and after all the practices, we'll talk about uh, who, who were the winners and losers in Mobile as well. Next. The next segment is brought to you by eBay Motors Passion. Drive, patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also... What keeps your ride or die alive and on the road and thriving? eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. We're talking superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights. Maybe you just need wiper blades for uh, the winter weather. Whether you're into speed, power, style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your vehicle. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, which I love, there's a green check. You can't miss it. You'll get the right part guaranteed. Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Only available to U.S. customers. All right, let's stay on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, who are you most excited to watch in these one-on-ones in Mobile, Alabama, Matt, on the offensive side of the ball at the Senior Bowl? A lot of really good linemen that I'm excited about, and it's also a great receiving core. Um, just as an overview, it's a very bad group of tight ends and running backs overall this draft. But one guy that stands out to me is Tyler Guyton, the tackle from Oklahoma. He hasn't played a lot. If you remember, Oklahoma had two tackles drafted high last year, so he was kind of blocked in a good program. But, I mean, the, the words that people talk about is he just floats out there, that he's going to be – I've heard Lane Johnson comparisons. You know, the typical tight end, grow into a tackle, ridiculous athlete. I mean, with long arms, still has to work on his power a little bit, but this guy has tons of upside. And – I want to lump him with the dude from BYU as well, who's much bigger, more physical. I'm trying to figure out how to say his name correctly. I don't want to butcher it too bad, but Kingsley Suamada is a Nailed he's it. kind of is Penny Sewell's cousin, and you can see that he was on the freak list, you know, like the t- second or third guy on Bruce Feldman's freak list. Kind of is like the Jordan Mylata type, where he's just a massive ball of clay i think those two could really rise up boards because now line coaches start to get involved and they say oh give me that i i, you know, I can play i can work with that it's usc wide receiver that is getting comparisons How about to that? Yeah. former usc wide receiver too. Amon monra st brown is the uh comparison for uh, Lloyd, Marshawn Lloyd. He's a you know a thicker. You know he's going to get the Debo Samuel. Like you know when you're built like uh, a thick player that can win over the middle, make plays after the catch. And uh, Marshawn Lloyd, USC, five nine, two hundred and nine pounds, is an interesting player for certain offenses that like that style of uh, a physical over the middle type of receiver. 
Yep, and USC has a receiver there that you might be fond of. Mr. Jerry Rice's son is in attendance, as is Christian McCaffrey's brother. So yes. there, <laughs> there's some fun dudes there's, at the Senior Bowl, yeah. There's no end, and it's they've been parading these guys through for about 10 years now of Jerry Rice's kids and Christian McCaffrey's brothers. Like, there's a <laughs> lot of those guys out there. Yeah, oh, I, I think it's an interesting group. And uh, another guy I wanted to highlight, I'm sticking with Lyman here a little bit, but Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon is the headliner. He's one of the few juniors that are in attendance or ever have been because that's a new thing. But I think he's got a chance to be a first-round center. Like, frankly, the Steelers at, at 20 may fall in love with Jackson Powers Johnson, and maybe he even gets to that point. He doesn't have a lot of experience either, but really good prospect that could dominate in one-on-ones. And, man, I, I love the big guys at these events. Oh yeah, and you really get to see those one on ones and see those shines. And I was already already had him circled, Matt, because he's already winning reps on day one at practice. That I'm already was he? I'm yeah, excited. he's on everybody's list. He he might be the top prospect when you when you factor out position. Mm-hmm. He might be the top prospect in mobile, and he's already showing it early and, and pancaking dudes out there in one on ones. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I'm psyched to watch it. I can't wait to. That's how I'm gonna spend the rest of my day. Basically, is glued to Senior Bowl stuff, but doesn't surprise me one bit. That's a uh, really Lad, good group down there. Lad McConkey is another popular name that yep. people are going to like. Doesn't have, you know, all the. Another legacy. Issues. His dad was in the league, you know. Yeah. yeah not, <laughs> not the greatest height, weight, speed in the world, but, you know, it's super uh, competitive player and productive player, 5'11, 185. And uh, he's an interesting one to see where he goes, that mid round slot type of wide receiver that, you know, everyone needs one of those guys on their roster. So Lad McConkey's mm-hmm. a. Another interesting name. Uh, who else you got? Defensive side of the ball, offense doesn't matter. Who who stands out? North, South. Uh, let's talk about Leitu from UCLA. I think he has a chance to be the highest drafted defensive player there, or maybe period. Um, much like Jalen Phillips, from, who's now a Dolphin, he actually had to retire from a Pac-10 school because of injuries, and then goes back and tears it up, and was really really good. And if you when you watch edge rushers at the college level for the pros most of them just win on being more athletic or longer or stronger or faster and this guy looks like watching Sunday you know like he's got a full development of moves and setting guys up he can win with power he can win with speed so maybe he doesn't have the highest ceiling in the world but he could come in and be a 8 to 12 sack guy right off the bat yeah, he's so interesting. When I when I first watched uh, Liatu Latu out of UCLA, I just yeah the the technique like he's a he's a pro already mm-hmm. as far as technique goes, and so uh, teams are really gonna have to weigh the medical with that. And he might be the because most pass rushers take so long in the NFL as you mentioned, and, and you're drafting for upside. You're drafting those you know long armed freaks of nature's uh, that are out there in the world, and Latu might not be that, but. Man, he might come in ready to play, and you're not worried about the longevity. Whereas most pass rushers, you're not worried about how good they're going to be right away. They're going to be rotational, but you're hoping they're going to be amazing down the road. So he really flips what most teams are drafting in early edge rushers on its ear. And some teams are going to fall in love with him and like him a lot. I just don't know how high you can draft a guy with the with the medical on him too. And and I don't, you know, testing is going to be huge, and he has to show up big and mobile and all of those things, and you know, put together because that's one of the things that happens here, Matt. And it's it does start in mobile is these prospects come in, they have a great week in Mobile, they are working hard in the offseason, they put up good numbers at the Combine, 
And suddenly you have this combination of just you made yourself millions and millions of dollars, right? Because that's the that's what you need. If you can back up combine, if you can back up senior bowl, combine, be good in interviews, teams, some teams gonna fall in love with you and you're gonna go really high. Really high. And I should have mentioned this earlier. We could talk about prospects all week. I'm sure we will. Someone will be standing out. But I think it's really cool that the senior bowl this year, instead of having the Niners coach the North and the Steelers coach the South and something called North and South anymore. But now they have a bevy of different guys from all different staffs coaching different positions and giving them an opportunity. So a lot more of these teams can actually get their hands on, you know, like I know the Steelers assistant O-line coach is coaching one of the O-lines, you know, like that's a great advantage and it's not just a one team. So I just wanted to mention that too, that they've made some really smart changes to senior bowl structure this year too, and as well as allowing juniors. Yeah, national team and American team. Now, I think they had yeah, a talk, yeah. they always had a hard time, and there would be a t- guys from the northern part of the country that were on the South roster, and it started to make less and less sense as they tried to put these rosters together. So they said, "You know what? We're just going to scrap that. It's the national team and the American team. It doesn't matter where what part of the country the the colleges are from anymore." And it, it did kind of make me crazy, like when the South was short a guy and they grabbed someone from Oregon. You know, right. like, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> grab me a Michigan guy, throw him on the South team. Like that doesn't quite add up, but who cares? All right, the draft starts in Mobile. Senior yeah, man. on one on ones are happening. Practices are happening. We'll check in there multiple times throughout the week, and uh, also, of course, there is a big game coming next week, and we will talk a lot of 49ers Chiefs as well as we get ready for Super Bowl 58 and the 2024 NFL Draft simultaneously. We got you covered every day with all the angles here on Peacock and Williamson, and we'll be back tomorrow to do it all again.